we go. Nelson Montana here for Protein Factory, and welcome to podcast number four, I believe it is. And before we get underway, I'd like to give a big shout out to all the people on TikTok who have been following me. That's been a blast. Lots of information. If you're not familiar with that, check it out. Nelson Montana 53 on TikTok. And every day we do a one minute bodybuilding hint, and we cover all the areas concerning self betterment. And that's what we're going to do a little bit of today. I'm going to cover a few different areas today and some of the things that aren't uh, often addressed when it comes to bodybuilding yet are equally important or I, I think will be of interest to, to different people. And I want to mix it up a bit so we don't just uh, concentrate too much on one thing. So we're going to talk about some alternatives to training that can help in our quest for physical perfection or the closest thing we could get to it or physical betterment I think is a little uh, less vain sounding and um, we're also going to be talking about some training techniques which I think would be uh, helpful and we're going to include some information for women I've got a lot of women who've contacted me uh, they want to know what would be beneficial for them uh, the short answer to that is there isn't really much difference between uh, women training and men training obviously other than the the poundages that might be handled. Uh, other than that, the exercises, it works the same. They're, they're the same muscles, so uh, there isn't that much difference. But we'll get a little bit more into that. I did want to address a few things prior to the training about um, what can be done to enhance our physicality and also just our appearance, our youthfulness. Now, I've gotten a lot of people commenting and saying, you know, Nelson, you, you look great for, for your age. And um, I, I say, I, I don't look good for my age. I, I just look good. <laughs> but, um, no, the point there is in terms of keeping youthful looking, um, three basics, essentially. One is exercise. Exercise is really, it's 90% of it. The body is meant to work. The body is meant to move. And um, the, the trick with exercise, the trick or the uh, maybe the, the the main component that isn't often addressed is exercise actually wears the body out. It's a little bit of a paradox there. So what you want, you want to get the most out of exercise. You want to work the body so it repairs, but not work the body to the point where you're doing more damage than it can recover from, if that makes sense. Now, if you're training for a particular sport or competition, obviously you have to push your body hard. And this is one thing that's also... Um, not to digress, but you hear of a lot of strength coaches that talk about the success they have with the people they train. But keep in mind, strength coaches can train 100 people and push them far beyond what they're capable of. And uh, many people can get injured, many people can't handle it, but the two or three who can handle it, they are the elite. And they will the ones be the ones who go on to uh, compete at a higher level. That doesn't mean that the coach's training methods were any better than anyone else's. It's just that he sort of weeded out those who weren't as good. It's as simple as that. But that has nothing to do with training the average person, you and me. So 
the whole concept of pushing the body as hard as you can is not really a positive. You want to activate the muscles so they get stronger and respond better and do all the things that we want our body to do at the most efficient level. And that doesn't mean beating them up and trying to see what they're capable of. Because if you do that, you're done for at 40. You've just beaten your body up too much. You've worn it out. You'll have injuries. And that is not the goal. Uh, there's an old saying, train, but don't strain. So all this lifting of maximum weights and going to failure all the time and trying to break that sweat and getting that maximum heart rate, that isn't always necessarily the most efficient way to train. Okay, now I'm going to back up a little bit and talk about some of the other techniques that are available. Get the most out of your body and to maintain youthfulness and vitality uh, long into what was used to be called old age. Now, we can't discount genetics. That, that's the one variable that we really can't do anything about. Well, to a degree. I, I think that there are certain people that are regarded as hard gainers and naturally slow or whatever. I, I think you could fight that. I think that people allow their limitations to hold them back. Um, that reminds me of a story I'll pass along. Uh, I forget the gentleman's name, but there was this... Um, this guy, this was back in the 1960s, I believe, who um, was stricken with polio. This was right before the uh, polio vaccine was developed. And uh, the doctors told him he'll, he'll essentially be a cripple, what they used to call a cripple. And um, what he should try to do in the meantime, one doctor told him, is just try to walk, try to use your legs as much as possible. Try jumping. I mean, they didn't really know much about exercise back then. So the doctor told them, jump, and maybe you'll, your legs will be strong enough where you'll be able to walk when you're an adult. So he jumped and jumped and jumped for hours a day. And that man went on to be an Olympic high jumper. So there you have it. You never really know what you're capable of until you attempt it. And that takes dedication and commitment and consistency. And of course, the third factor in having the ultimate uh, body, the ultimate physicality, is nutrition. And that's not just diet. Now, this is another thing that um, a lot of people might fight me on. Um, you can have a pristine diet and you will not be optimally nourished. For example, an orange has, I believe, 30 milligrams of vitamin C. We should be getting around 1,000 every day. How many oranges does that add up to? It's simply impossible to get that level of nutrition from just food. So food is important. Obviously, you want to eat good, wholesome food and you want to avoid junk. But supplementation is an absolute must. I believe in that wholeheartedly. Anybody who tells you, oh, you just need food, they really don't know what they're talking about. And that includes many doctors. And that's not to disparage doctors, but um, supplementation is not really their thing. Do you know how many hours the average doctor spends in medical school on nutritional supplementation? Zero. It's simply not their area of expertise. Although many more are becoming more aware of it. Now, as far as other techniques beyond training, nutrition, supplementation, 
steroid, performance enhancements, peptides, all of these things. There are some other techniques that are being utilized, some better than others. Um, the most obvious is liposuction. Now, here's the thing uh, with liposuction. I'll, I'll condense it for you. I actually had a procedure done. I was working for a magazine years ago, and they wanted to know if I would volunteer to have what was then called ab etching, which supposedly worked within the in-between the abdominal muscles to take a little bit of fat out to define the abs more. And uh, I agreed to this procedure. And the truth of the matter is, it's just liposuction. They're just indiscriminately sticking a cannula in there and sucking fat out. And honestly, I wish I had never had it because it left my skin uneven. Um, it hurt like hell. And I just don't think um, it really worked all that well. I also uh, believe I got some nerve damage from it. Now, as far as the obliques go, not so bad. Maybe it's okay for that. But for the, uh, the rectus abdominals, I would absolutely not recommend it. And here's something else about liposuction that I've noticed with a lot of people, a lot of clients I train. See, fat cells, when you burn fat, you're not really burning fat. We have a set amount of fat cells in our body. Fat cells either enlarge or they shrink. When we gain weight, they get bigger. When we lose weight, they get smaller. But with liposuction, you're removing the fat cells. So the thinking was, well, they're out of your body. They're out of your body for good. And you'll always have that much less fat. But I have noticed, and I don't have a clear explanation for this, I have noticed that people who have had liposuction often gain the fat back in the areas where they had it taken out. Now, I don't know if fat from elsewhere in their body goes to that, back to that area because that's where it wants to be, but it is very possible once you get liposuction to gain that fat back. So don't think of it as a quick fix because it is not. So keep that in mind. Now, in terms of just looking um, younger, that's a matter of your face as well. You have a lot of guys who are pretty buff into their 50s and 60s, but their face is hanging to the floor. Now, there are lots of procedures, some of them surgical. I think facelifts could be a little drastic, especially for men. It could have a feminizing effect. And there are things like Botox and filler that... Uh, uh, certainly can help. Now, you may wonder how a lot of these celebrities manage to look so youthful year after year. Well, they have the money to have a lot of these procedures. For example, there's this technique called radio frequency. And what it does is it, it heats the skin. It heats below the epidermis. And that stimulates the production of collagen under the skin, which lifts and tightens. And the skin gets brighter and tighter and you look very refreshed. See, this is the thing that people don't realize about wrinkles and sagging face. You've heard all, you must have heard a million times, oh, stay out of the sun. That's what causes sagging and wrinkling. That is really not true. And the proof of that is, have you ever seen an old person's ass? It's pretty damn wrinkled. It's not from sun exposure. The reason skin sags is because of collagen loss. Think of collagen as almost like a net. If a net is pulled apart, as it separates, there's nothing really holding the skin up. So it tends to droop. Now, what this radio frequency technique does, it builds up that collagen, it tightens the net. Sounds pretty impressive, right? 
Here's the catch. A treatment costs about $1,000, and it only lasts about a month or so. Now, if you're a gazillionaire, no big deal. You have your radio frequency uh, treatment once a month or twice a month, and you continually look refreshed. But for most people, it is simply impractical. Okay, uh, I'd like to move on to training techniques. And this is a basic approach to getting the most out of your routine. And I spoke a little bit about this on a TikTok video a couple of weeks ago. The best way to train is to train opposing muscle groups. In other words, muscles do two things. They push and they pull. They actually always contract, but they're either contracting in a way that pushes away from you or pulls towards you. So the best approach to training is to not have an overlap. In other words, if you're training chest and then the next day you're training shoulders, those are two pushing movements. So you essentially wind up overtraining those muscles because you're going to be using some front delt, whether it's shoulder training or chest training. So just train pushing movements on one day and then pulling movements on the opposite day. So when you're training the opposite muscle group, the other muscle group is resting. Okay, so here's a simple layout. Monday, you do chest and tries. And the reason why you do chest and tries is they're both pushing movements. And when you work chest, you're also working your triceps. So after you work chest, you don't need to warm up the triceps and do as many sets. They've already been worked. This is efficiently working the body where you get the most work with the least amount of overstress. Okay, now the next day, Tuesday, you would do pulling movements. So that would be back and biceps because when you work back, you're using your biceps. Once again, after you train back, you don't need to work the biceps that hard because they've already been worked doing the back. You just hit it with a few more sets to get that pump and then biceps are good to go. Okay, the next day, let's say it's Wednesday, abs and calves. That's kind of a odd day out. So you do abs and calves. I like tra training the abs um, just like any other body part. I don't believe in training, you know, hundreds of thousands of reps. If you're doing that much, that many reps for abs, it's really not doing a whole lot. You're just getting good at doing sit-ups. So work the abs and calves. And then on Thursday, you do shoulders and traps. Now, look at it. Thursday is a pushing movement. Actually, shoulders can be pushing and pulling. But you haven't done a pushing movement since Monday. That's four days ago. So see how this all works out. You are now training the parts where nothing is overlapping. And then on the fifth day, you do thighs, which would be quads and hamstrings. And that's it. You've just worked every body part over the course of five days. Take two days off, you start all over again. Very simple. It works out to a perfect seven-day schedule. Now, obviously, life gets in the way. We can't always stick to a perfect schedule, although it's a lot easier if you stick to it than if you are erratic. So everything in life is a habit. So it's really a matter of making the right habits. So I would say try to stay to the seven-day schedule. Pretty simple. You know it's a weekly thing. If you happen to fall off of that schedule, I kind of like the idea of, if you can only do maybe one or two workouts a, a week, I like the idea of training the whole body in one workout. Just kind of make it a, uh, 
sort of a cardio workout. You just train one or two sets per body part, keep the sets, in, uh, the rest of between sets really short, and you get a nice aerobic workout while still working the muscles and working the complete body. And of course, uh, proper rest and proper nutrition are paramount. And this is where um, two things that come into play in terms of building muscle, and that is nitrogen retention and androgen level. So that really adds up to protein, which is what gives us nitrogen, and testosterone. And as far as I'm concerned, the only legitimate testosterone-elevating product on the market is Unleashed because it works with your own natural testosterone output. It lowers uh, SHBG, which allows more of the testosterone you have in your body to be biologically active. And that's the key. All these other so-called testosterone boosters raise it so slightly that it's basically irrelevant. So check out the Protein Factory uh, website. There's actually a few uh, things on there that I have not yet tried that look very interesting. I'm, I'm always looking for that next thing that might give me even 1% advantage. That's what's fun about this. Uh, the technology is changing all the time. And there's a lot of bogus stuff out there. But Protein Factory is a company you could trust. They've always had solid, state-of-the-art products. Avoiding the junk that just doesn't work and just give you stuff that is going to help build a better body, make you healthier, make you stronger, make you more muscular. And that's what we want. That's what I want. I assume that's what you want. All right. Let us know what topics you'd like us to tackle, and um, we'll keep everything in mind and try to get to everybody's answers. In the meantime, check out the TikTok videos and check out the Protein Factory website. Okay, until next week, I'm Nelson Montana. See you at the gym.